Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's bitch with the negative Nancy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's. Fucking beat you. My name is Roy Walker, and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancys, Primo Thomas, Matt DeVita, and guest Nancy, Gregory Van Acker. Hello! With us, as always, is Junior Nancy and the author of Fifty Shades of Ginger, Tyler Cleary. It did not sell a single copy. Today, we are <laughs> discussing the mystical and mysterious whereabouts of the brown person. Where the fuck are they? Where do they go? As we record from five separate locations with fine adult beverages. With that, let's bitch. Yeah. Today, we're joined with friend, playwright, Lyricist, educator, and magic maker. Ooh. Gregory Van Acker. Van Van Acker. Van Acker. I said it. Did I say it right? Van Acker. It means of the oak tree. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. But before we get into that, let's examine our drinks leading off with our guest. Greg, what are you drinking? Okay, I'm going to ruin your show because I don't really drink. Um, I definitely drink. I'm not in recovery. People often think that's what I mean when I say that. Right. But I'm from Colorado originally, so I have my little unicorn pencil holder, and in it is my <laughs> my vape pen. So I'm drinking Colorado vapers. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Equally, I, that's terrifying to me, Roy. I'd prefer to do that right now. All right. Can't really function when I do that. Well, well, I don't know if I can either, but we're about to find out. Okay. Uh, Primo, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Brickyard Brewing Company um, Bat Snacks. It is a guava and blackberry sour, and it is fucking delicious. Sounds intolerant. Jesus Christ, Roy. Matthew. Uh, I'm on my uh, migraine medication um, cocktail this evening, so I am drinking uh, some good old Wawa because I am hungover as fuck. Tyler, what are you drinking? You've got to be kidding me. The huge, uh, uh, coffee and amaretto. Oh, okay. Uh, I am drinking an old fashioned. Mm. Well, um, okay. So our topic today is, um, I mean, the way it's written in our schedule is where are brown people? And um, <laughs> so, uh, so with that in mind, Gregory, for our listeners, could you tell us who you are, uh, what you do, um, what you like to do, and all that jazz? Hi. Yeah. I'm. I don't know. You said it all. I'm a. I'm an early childhood educator. That's my day job. Um, but I'm a, a musical theater lyricist and playwright. Cool. Um, by night, I guess you could say. And, um, yeah, where are the brown folks in entertainment and media, especially? So that's my question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could have been on Blue's Clues. Greg, can you tell us about your, um, can you tell us about your background and just, um, yes, as it pertains me, to the topic? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I am, uh, Iranian, Armenian, Greek, Russian, and Dutch. A wonderful blend. That's my background. Wow. I think I present most Middle Eastern to people, but um, mm. yeah, that's the background. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So um, why was this topic um, <laughs> important to you and, and what, what spurred it? Well, let me let me um, lead into that question by asking you a question. All of you, I have a question oh, shit. for each of you. Are you ready for my question? It's I don't fun. Know. I just am. name. No, it's good. It's fun. It's fun. I just want each of you to name your top five no top 10 no we'll make it top five name your top five favorite middle eastern actors and go exactly um top three <laughs> top three that kid you know. from aladdin i thought he sucked uh, is he i'm sorry is he's an actor right yeah but he's indian he's indian yeah oh shit. yeah you 
Oh, he just passed away. Irfan Khan. Irfan Khan is one of my favorites. Remy Malik. Where's he um, from? He's Egyptian, but he's American. He's Egyptian American. Yeah. Egyptian -American. Uh, yeah. That's so a problem. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard. <laughs> we to tried. Do. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate it. And that was a setup. Thank you for being gracious. Um, but no, it's it's funny because I I mean I yeah I grew up in the, in Colorado. My parents retired to a very white like prison town in the mountains. Um, yeah. And it was like the reddest part of Colorado, which normally votes blue. And it's it's one of those. Things where you feel like the brownest person in the room all the time. I've known that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, so it's 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 one of those things where you kind of notice it. Leo, I, I'm saying you, me, I. I noticed it kind of late in life. I'm looking at the the films I love, the television shows I grew up with, the things that inspired me, and I'm going, God, I'm not in here anywhere, and I didn't realize it. Um, and I think being queer too, you project yourself into things a lot. Mm. It's really easy to like project that Mary and Pippin and Lord of the Rings are a couple. You know, like I did right. that kind of thing. You're kind of headcanoning stuff to put yourself into a narrative. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see Middle Eastern folks in film and television and on Broadway specifically. And, and I feel like right. if you did, at least not, maybe not recently, but in the past, those people might have been cast as maybe the villain of a movie. Never as yes. the hero or the ingenue or like like a lot like the first the first exposure i had to middle eastern people i guess was the animated aladdin movie you know what i mean and yeah aladdin doesn't look very middle eastern but then they took jafar and made <laughs> him look stereotypically mm -hmm. middle eastern and he is the villain you know what i mean well, and they based aladdin's physical appearance on tom cruise that was the inspiration oh my that's God. hilarious and all of those Awful. voice actors are white leia salonga yes. did singing but even the speaking jasmine is like a blonde lady you know like yeah. it's a fully white voice cast it's crazy whitewash you'd think that they would like cast like middle eastern people for that not white people well, <laughs> you'd think that tyler wouldn't you disney right disney in the 90s man like they had nothing to do with the fact that mulan was an asian woman is remarkable for that time well and mulan is a weird like distinctive thing to discuss because that wasn't donny osmond too. right Don, and, and bd wong can sing bd wong right. was the speaking yeah. voice but he's a broadway Singer, like, why didn't he sing the role? It's crazy. But mm. even Mulan doing as well as it did, I think Mulan was like animated in like the parking lot, like in trailers. Like it was sort of like an indie movie for Disney. Um, and they had people kind of working on it as almost like a side project. So the fact that they got in the representation they did, you know, is probably partially because of that. Right. And they felt they needed Donny Osmond to be like the name. Right. Because everyone right. loves Donny Osmond. I mean, right, right, right. <laughs> but that's, yeah, it's so interesting that. I mean, I, recent, more recently, we've seen more more um, Middle Eastern people in in, in mm -hmm. entertainment, but still not nearly enough. Name the last one you saw. You know, it's it's unbelievable, and it's. I mean, I know your show is about bitching and complaining, and I no can, no I, that's what I doing. could I could do that all day. Um, it's about things like men's fashion and you know like smaller issues to me. Like this to me is sort of like my issue right now, and I I participate in these wonderful. Um, we have a, we have a persons of color roundtable at the Musical Theater Factory that we that I participate in every couple of months. It's a wonderful gathering of writers yeah. of color, and these issues 
come up, of course, but then we move on and can talk about the things that we're writing and creating, which is what we want to do. And it all seems to come down to the idea of who are the gatekeepers, you know? So that's where I go with like the solution idea. Like we need gatekeepers of color. We need Middle Eastern gatekeepers in media. And I I mean, what I haven't seen it yet, but there's that new show that Mindy Kaling produced Mm. or created. It's on Netflix. You know, that's an Mm. example of, of like a really positive like direction to go. And now she's a gatekeeper. Awesome. You know, Shonda Rhimes is another example of the the types of gatekeepers we got to get in there. So Grego, you, before you, Grego, before you got into acting, uh, directing, you were, you were more of an actor prior previously. That was a while ago, but yes. Yeah. Just a musical theater thing. How did, um, how did, you know, your background, your heritage oh, you want stories. affect your acting career? I was I was called in for so many things that I found so offensive. Oh, tell us. Oh, yeah, I would love to. So, like, I mean, it, we got to a point where, because I, I moved to New York fully believing that, like, this was the open-minded city and I was, you know, I could be considered for anything and that we were ready for that. And the reason I thought that was because of that Brandy Cinderella that was on TV yeah. in the 90s. You know, I was like, look, anybody can be anything and nobody cares and it's good you know like as long as the piece isn't about race specifically you know like you can do so much totally um but yeah so my experience like i remember my agent desiree agudo i wonder what the hell happened to her she would call me oh honey oh she was like a character from a sitcom she was ridiculous and she was like if you tyler look this person up desiree agudo i don't remember how to spell it she was like if you would just if you would just grow out your beard you could play a terrorist on late night TV. They're ah! always looking. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to scream, but like... always looking for terrorists. They always need someone to play Bin Laden or something in a sketch. And I was just like, ah. Oh my God. <laughs> but she wasn't being mean or stupid. No, she, was she was serious. She was trying to get me work, you right. know, in a city where I wasn't getting work. And the, the best moment, though, is when you have those things where you're like auditioning for something that you know you should be getting. You know you're the best mm. one in the room because um, you know everybody that's in the room for something. There was one theater I will not name, Harvey Weinstein Theater, um, where <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to seven minutes of your show, um, where they brought me in for, I went in for Harold Hill in the music room, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And I, I see myself as that kind of like, I can deal with your troubled friends with a wave of my hand, this very hand, like I, like I was ready. Yeah, um, totally. And at the end of that call, it was one of those kind of like, um, we just don't really see you as this role. You're just not the right fit for this character. I was like, okay. And the character had been broken down as like the, the charming, um, what is he? He's like the charming, like traveling salesman who romances the town, you know? (laughs) And I was like, okay, bummer. I kind of knew what they meant. And I saw the blonde guy that they picked with his twinkly blue eyes. Um, and it was maybe like a month and a half later when they called me in for Allie Hackam in their production of Oklahoma. And I was like, what is the difference between this mm. charming salesman who romances people in the town versus the other one? And I had to break that down for myself because I was like, yeah. I guess it comes down to Ali Hakim or Ali Hakim as they now often call him, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. in a way. Um, you know, he's he, we're supposed to believe right that like the audience knows that he's bad. And that's why it's funny. Ada Annie's dumb, you know, because she's dating that guy. We know he's bad, but we're supposed to love Harold Hill, you know. So it was one yeah. of those like. <laughs> I played Marcellus Washburn. This I bet you were wonderful. So, two cents. Thanks, man. <laughs> I peaked early. I found I some stuff. Did. You found something, Tyler? <laughs> Tyler found some stuff. All right. So 
I found the Facebook page, the Twitter page, LinkedIn, everything. They're all blank. However, oh. I was able to find her YouTube account and she is doing some kind of, I think, video game thing on YouTube as of four months ago. Like a video game streaming? I'm not sure. It's this weird Alienville Christmas... Alienville Creek Christmas Village Bus Tour. Well, let's go. Well, I would like to congratulate you, Yo, Tyler, because uh, that's more than I could find, and I was looking for her, too. That's also the most fact-searching you've done this whole, like, how many hours have you done? <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> run. That's a stretch. Sometimes. Absolutely. She was very kind. She had the best of intentions, and it was a long-ass time ago. I'm old. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but, you know, it's that, that you know, what are, you, what are we doing? What are you actually saying? Yeah. You know? Right, right. When yeah. you present the same, the same character breakdown, you know, but this one, this one's Middle Eastern, so you're okay now. Um, no. Typecast. So, do you think that's... I mean, obviously the terrorist stuff that probably comes like post 9-11, but this kind of stuff was also prevalent pre 9-11. Yeah, I'm not that old. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't auditioning in New York pre 9-11. <laughs> I wasn't saying that you personally what have experience fuck? with How it. How old do you think I am? Oh my God. I think you're like maybe like 30 ish. That's great. I just like I was just saying like maybe you have some knowledge Sorry. as to like the pre 9-11 culture of like the entertainment biz. As well, well, that's a, that's a this. great question. Yeah, yeah. because we're the, where what were the Middle Eastern actors doing then? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm wondering. We didn't even have terrorists. You know, I don't know. Saddam Hussein was a was a threat for a long time. And I think a lot yeah. of people in late night TV got that gig, you right. know, because you had the beard right. or whatever. And I'm not saying we don't appear in things ever, but like we really don't appear appear in things ever <laughs> right right uh, i was just like the first thing that popped in my mind was like bollywood but that's but that's that's uh, indian though yeah, man that, that's that's yeah. their but own that, yeah that's what i'm saying but it's still not the correct thing oh, absolutely their music is fucking banging too and i fucking loved bollywood movies because that was the leading man that kind of looked like me well there's a lot to enjoy but i was like skin matching i could play that part you know it's, it's right yeah yeah and i what was it did you guys see um american gods season two yeah. was a mess but season one, season was, one was fucking brilliant. I highly recommend only season one. Right. <laughs> Just be done after that. But Noted. there's a scene, I think it's like episode three, and I've watched it repeatedly, repeatedly. And I was sharing about it at the POC roundtable that I attend, you know, and everybody was like, what? What is this show? Because they'd never heard of this. There's a scene where two queer Middle Eastern men fuck. And I was riveted. I like couldn't tear myself away from the screen and it had nothing to do with the content or the story even. I was just like, I've never this is happening. seen this before. You know what I mean? It was unbelievable. And, yeah. um, you know, that that stands out. And I'm talking to my partner about that particular episode yesterday. And he's like, and yet did they really develop those characters beyond that? And I'm like, fuck, they didn't. You know? <laughs> 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 they did this amazing thing. And oh my God, only one of them was a magical genie. Only one of them had to be a magical genie. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen season one of this old show. Yes. Now I'm troubled. I'm troubling myself. I'm going through all of the movies I know that take place in like a Middle Eastern place. And like there are no one. There's just no one that's Middle Eastern in any of these movies. I mean, for like the longest time, they just do like brown face. Well, dude, Prince of Persia. A bit darker Prince than of normal. Persia. Remember that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. With the, why? 
legs. Exactly. Oh my god. With, with the muscles that they like surgically put in his body. Ugh. Man, he looked he looked great in that movie, but that was really disappointing because that was a video game. Not that yes. I wanted to play the Prince of Persia exactly, but like <laughs> I was never going to go to the gym. But like <laughs> I used to play that video game. Like oh, I fucking yeah. loved that video game, and there was the brown love. dude pulling himself up the rocks, and I thought it was the awesomest thing ever. I was like, I'm the Prince of Persia. I can put myself in this. And then they're like, Jake Gyllenhaal. And I'm like, that was an opportunity, especially at that time. Because what year was that, Preem? That was like early 2000s, I think. That was like 2007, maybe. Okay. So 2007, that would have been a wonderful time. Anytime. Anytime would be wonderful for it. But like a time to just... 2010. 2010. Talent search. Find a Middle Eastern actor in his 20s who's fucking built and... Give him some stardom and put some positive. Even more recently, what? when they did the really, the really too. bad, the really bad Assassin's Creed movie, they made Michael Fassbender play a a, 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 a Spanish. No, he was a Spanish guy. Oh, it's a new like, storyline. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> he's speaking, well, speaking Spanish. Of Spanish roles. Anthony Hopkins plays like the old um, Zorro, Zorro in the Mask of Zorro, oh. and like that, he's not Hispanic at, even a little. But I mean, Antonio Banderas obviously takes on the role and does a great job with it, and I love that movie, and I do love Anthony Hopkins. And we all thought Catherine Zeta Jones was Hispanic, or, or she's or just something. Welsh. Everyone she's just she Welsh. Welsh. She's Welsh. That's she's it. Welsh. Everyone thought she was something for years. She played Shahrazad in one version, where you're like. <laughs> But we all took it. We all were like, great. Yeah. It's a great movie. You know, like. Right. Well, no, that brings yeah. another question to mind. And this is going to be a quicker one. Is that like, have you been called in for like a lot of Puerto Rican roles? <laughs> yeah, I bet oh, you yeah. have. As he nods. <laughs> oh. as, he, as he nods. <laughs> See? Yeah. yeah. And then people just don't know what to do with you. And I understand that. Like, I understand that you're sitting in a casting room and you have a preconceived idea, however broad you may think it is. And I will say there were plenty of casting directors who put me in for things that were not what they had preconceived of what the characters should be. And I've appreciated a lot of that. Um, and then you get down to like producers and what they really want to see, you know, but um, yeah, definitely. I've was called in for all kinds of sort of weird things, nondescript things sometimes too, but uh, mm. yeah, we're still yeah. not there. Um, I also, you guys all remember the TV show, um, uh, George Lopez. Yeah. His daughter, Carmen's actually Albanian. Interesting. Hey there, Nancy's. In lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcast, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the local Buffalo theater community. Roy, Matt, and myself will choose a company each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic that we truly, truly love. I would like to shout out the wonderful ladies of Second Generation Theater Company. Thanks to Kelly, Kristen, and Aaron, I was able to live out a dream last spring and set design Angels in America for them, and I cannot thank them enough for their kindness. Second Gen has had to cancel their production of Three Tall Women this spring, a travesty to hit many local Buffalo theaters. Second Generation was founded in 2013 by Kelly Copps, Kristen Bentley, and Aaron Lee Dandies. SGT creates quality theatrical experiences that appeal to an emerging generation of theatergoers. By building on Buffalo's strong theatrical roots, they strive to continue the area's tradition of great theater for generations to come. SGT seeks to create powerful theatrical experiences that seek to unite a community of diverse backgrounds and to continually cultivate appreciation and understanding in audiences of all generations through education and engagement. And I am beyond proud to know and work with these amazing women. If you would like to send love and support to Second Generation Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be found and sent at www.secondgenerationtheater.com donate. And to those of you who do help, your assistance and love is most appreciated. And now, back to the pod. 
All right, and we're back. Um, I want to jump back to what Roy had mentioned about the movie The Mummy, which for when it came out, early 2000s? Yeah, right? The Mummy? Mm, to 1999. Yeah. 99, really? Wow. Great movie. Yeah, uh, Brendan Fraser, love it. Um, young Rachel Weisz. Mm, but mm-hmm. that was a movie where mm. they cast very well the people who were meant to be Egyptian <laughs> or Middle Eastern as like with Middle Eastern actors or Egyptian yeah. actors and... Granted, obviously, Brendan Fraser was like the random white guy who was the hero. There are still the guys who played the ma- the Magi who were Middle Eastern. Um, so that was a good example of that so early on in the 90s. But, Gregor, with representation, have you did you watch that new show on Netflix, Hollywood? No, I didn't watch it. No, uh, I watched a little bit of it. So Kirsten and I sat down it, it and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was like one of those shows I needed to watch as like a I just need something positive and happy. Basically, what it does is it re reimagines post World War Two era Hollywood. If women were in powerful roles and people of color were stars and gay people, it was it wasn't taboo to be gay back then. And I remember just sitting there watching. There was so much backlash. So many people were upset that we were, you know, representing these different groups in a positive light. I remember reading the reviews. So I'm like, you can't rewrite history. And it's like, uh, Quentin Tarantino does it all the time. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned that, uh, because your experience of what people were saying about it is the opposite of what mine was. Interesting. Tell me my social media feed and all of the, like the, the, the writers that I work with and know felt that that show ended up being a show about being white. And that was a consistent critique that I haven't seen it. So I, I, no, I, this so is not my critique. I have not seen the show partially because of that critique. Everybody was like, this looked like it was going to be something different. That's a Ryan Murphy show, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, that's why. <laughs> Do you know, he doesn't have like a writer's room at all. Of like course he, he was, fucking he was, I mean, it's not a surprise, but it's so fun. Like my partner mentioned this to me. He was like, he doesn't even give people like anything to read. He just like interviews you. And I'm like, ew, can you imagine what those interviews are like? And all those men look exactly the same. He just is like, call all of the six foot one brunette males with this broad shoulder and strong jawlines and have them all come in and interview for a role that I'm going to write for them. And then he just sits there and is like, first question, will you take your shirt off? <laughs> Which is so funny, though, because Matt, have you seen it? Oh, he's awful. Wait, what? Have you watched it, Matt? I have not. No, because the character that what's his nuts from, um, Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, he plays a character who is like an agent who basically is like, I'll give you, I'll hire you to be one of my, to be your agent, but you have to let me suck your dick. But it's like, seriously, it's like. That's how I got Desiree Agudo, though. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the guy you're talking about, Jim Parsons, he's like my my celebrity cast for if they ever make a movie about Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> looks like him, sounds like him, and I looked into it a little bit, and he's actually a huge Pee Wee Herman fan, and he goes to like like the the conventions and stuff. See, now <laughs> yeah. I I think that if you're gonna reboot something like that, you get an actor of color or or somebody who's non-binary. You do something. Like there's an opportunity. It, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Good idea. like I think like I think he'd be great at that. But I mm-hmm. I sort of like struggle when like a reboot is just a recreation. I'm like, let's rethink it. It'd be more of a biopic, I guess. I, I, oh, that's what they. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh, he'd be Paul yeah. Rubens then. That'd be great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when when Hamilton first came out on Broadway. When what came out? Hamilton. I remember I was listening to the soundtrack. And my, I think of, of I was what? back home in Binghamton and my dad was in the car. 
Hamilton. Yes. What Hamilton. is that? Yes, That's exactly. A, I hate you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Uh, Spamilton. It's a show? <laughs> but my dad's listening to it. He's oh, like, it's oh. a musical. Yeah, he's like, oh, this this, this is the musical they cast all people of color as, as the white guys, right? And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. And I was like, yeah, dad, they did. And he was like, why, why, were they, why would they do that? Oh, wow. And I was like, well, because it's supposed to represent what America looks like today. You know, and it's supposed to be an immigration story, right. an immigrant story making his place in America. That's why it's relatable. And the music's really good. Right. <laughs> well, and that's that's where I've. Oh, God, I know so many wonderful people that have done that show. It's, and it's such a shame that it's closed right now. Um, yeah. Just thinking about that, just like just to acknowledge that with a, like a second of silence. Anyway, thank you. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, but like, that's that that attitude, Prem, that you're describing is 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 such a prevailing attitude amongst people in the world, and that's you know where the real answer just is new voices and stop pitching to the old people. You know what I mean? Like, stop trusting what the demographic wants, and you know we're so fortunate to have all of the resources we have with podcasts and what yeah. we can do. Anybody can have a green screen and make a movie now. So tell your yeah. story. We you actually know. touched on this on a pod with uh, with uh, Matt Reformat. In it, where we talked about how, at least up here in Buffalo, how our the theater we produce here is so impacted by the people who go and see the theater, which is a the blue hairs. So it's like every time Buffalo wants to do something that's edgy or different, you get slapback from these people who are like, "Well, you're being too PC," and you know, I you know, blah blah blah. So we can't be different we can't try new things because <laughs> producers i love how just including people of color makes it edgy <laughs> like, no, it's, not even that. oh it's my like, god but you're not wrong though, because when so we, edgy shit dude we tried uh, it's the black oklahoma whoa one of the god, one whoa. of the theaters in buffalo did <laughs> they did indecent and people called canceling their subscriptions to the season because they did indecent because it's about a guy who wrote a play about two lesbians straight uh. up like Ugh. I know, and I'm. It, it was, it's, yeah, the theater had a really wonderful like response to it, and basically told the person off, and then like obviously publicly dragged them through the mud right. a bit. Um, but and they still, I think they're are they reviving that one? I think next are, season. Yeah. I don't want to like misspeak on that. I think I cannot say for certain, but I heard, I believe maybe sure. Yeah, <laughs> and like they like made a pretty like solid push against it, and they're still gonna like obviously, um, like I said, they might be remounting it. Um, but I still say that probably like 90 ish percent of like the total work that gets produced here are like influenced by old people, especially old white people in yeah. general. I think that's probably like across the board and it's not just like a single city that's, problem. Yeah, it's not even like single city. It's not even theater. That's like movies. That's wow. TV shows. Well, and what is old that's now? Because the, the definition of old is really different. Like people in their 50s don't feel like people in their 50s no. in the past. You know, like no. Aunt May in Spider-Man is supposed to be 50, but she's clearly 110, you know, in the old movie, yeah. you know, and now she's like Marissa Tomei and she's hot, you know. So, like, don't you think that the old hot people now, like, they, they had Rocky Horror, like, don't they, you know, like, I, I don't know. Susan Sarandon. Kirsten's mother is 50. It's it's the people. It's it's like, honestly, it's my parents demographic. It's the baby boomers, though. Who, and she looks amazing. She, she does. Good for her. Good for you, Robin. Hell yeah. Good for you, mom, mom. Um, mm. And... But it's it's the it is still the baby boomer generation. These people, it's like if you're afraid to be challenged with art, 
why are you subscribing to this theater? That's our that's that's our job. <laughs> well, and bigger than that, like, why are you challenged by the existence of brown people? <laughs> right, right. Like, why is the thing that's challenging you the mere existence of people who don't look like you? You know? Oh my god, so I was. It's insecurity me. with white people, but it is <laughs> yeah, time dude. to do thirty seconds mm-hmm. with Tyler. Can I say about one last Sorry. thing? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> like literally, I was just in a production of West Side Story, and people were shocked that we actually had like a full Puerto Rican shark side. Yeah. Anyway. Welcome to another segment of 30 Seconds with Tyler. Grego, if you are unawares, this segment (laughs) is when our very own Tyler gets 30 seconds to talk about anything he wants. It does not have to be topic related, anything at all. At the end of his 30 seconds, we all take turns grading him from a zero to 10 scale. And if he gets less than 21 points, we strip his name away from him and give him an awful name in its place. If you don't get 21 points, you were going to be Keith for a whole week. I thought we already did Keith. No, we didn't because he didn't get it. He he, oh, he was at, he has not been Keith. Okay. I really want to I really want to call him Trent for a day though. Oh, we'll get there. Oh. <laughs> the know. Trent will come. All right. Well, Tyler, how you feeling today? I'm doing okay, dog. How about yourself? I was doing great until you were 10 minutes late. So that's why he's just okay this week. (laughs) Roadie. All right. And Tyler, your 30 (laughs) seconds starts now. Okay. So in March 2010, hundreds of fish started raining over this small village of Lamahu in Australia, which is a northern which is on the northern edge of the Tamani Desert. Many people thought that they were hallucinating or losing their minds, and meteorologists said that it was caused by tornadoes, and that it is very common for tornadoes to suck up fish from rivers and get caught in the weather systems, then get frozen and dropped 100 miles away. This phenomenon also happened in the 1980s and is something that happens ever so often in the outback regions of the desert. I got things to say. Weird village names, man. Fucked me up. Huh. It is customary that we allow our guests to judge 30 seconds with Tyler first. So on a scale from 0 to 10, 0 being the lowest score and 10 being the highest score, Gregory, what would you give him? 10! <laughs> Generous to guess. Do I have to go into why? Do I have to explain? Yes. You haven't you haven't heard enough of this. That's a 10. That was that was fucking incredible fish and shit. Yeah, go. 10. Keep your name. Fish and shit. Tyler, you lucky little fuck. You're already halfway there. <laughs> And I'm going to lower my score. <laughs> Primo. Keep your name. A two. <gasps> why, but, but why? What's the judging protocol? I don't understand. Well, that's that's damning. Here's why. Because it took me all the way till 25 seconds to realize what was falling from the sky were fish. Because he stumbled over his words in the beginning. He said it. Uh, yeah, did he? Oh, I caught he it. Did. I caught it. I didn't have any trouble processing it what was It wasn't the stumbling. Over. It was all the mispronunciations, which I wouldn't have been able to do, but... I'll judge you about it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Matt, what would you give him? Well, unlike Primo, I heard him say fish, and immediately I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? So I was engaged. I was there. But exactly. you had three trip-ups. <gasps> so that always knocks it down for me. So I'm going to say it was... I don't know. I've never heard of this before, so I'm going to go with a seven. I'm feeling kind of gracious, man. 
Wait, because he stumbled over words? That's how you guys do? Oh, yeah. No, we're brutal. We're brutal. You bitches are bitches. Wow. <laughs> That's my usual critique of Tyler. If he stumbles or if he fumbles or he mispronounces things. Oh, poor Tyler. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I feel bad for Tyler. It all started with strychnine. <laughs> when you mispronounce strychnine. Strychnine. I guess my, my point is, if you're going to have a thing with complicated words, at least practice. I did. I did. I just, the adrenaline takes over man <laughs> so we're at a Excellent. weird moment here i'm gonna give you a three. Oh, you bitch there um, you go because i'm making primo the douche so <laughs> no that's fine i'll be the douche but you're only giving him a three so he gets 22 points <laughs> so it gives you a 22 so i don't know what sound effect i should play because it wasn't good do you have a wah wah yeah okay but your name is still tyler no well you have to put in a slow clap like a, yeah, like a. It's like when that kid gets a sixty-five. He knows he passed, but it's not really passing. That's actually relatable, right, bro? I'm sure it is. Grades are due, motherfucker. Don't remind me. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's time for another break. We'll come back with something, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. Hey guys, uh, this week in lieu of uh, paid promotional ads, Primo Roy and myself would like to take the time to shout out some agencies that really need donations right now. Um, one of the biggest agencies that needs a lot of help is the Red Cross. COVID-19 has caused worldwide panic and created a scarcity of resources. We have heard a lot about masks and gloves and toilet paper, but we really haven't heard a lot of people talking about the need of blood. Um, the Red Cross has had to cancel so many blood drives in order to keep their employees and our communities safe. This quote is directly from their website. We are working quickly to identify and replace blood drives canceled due to workplace and school closures. Search for opportunities near you and check back often as we are continuously adding new donation opportunities. If you don't see available appointments near you or in the near future, please search 7 to 15 days out. The need for blood is constant and patients need your help. As you can see, the uh, situation isn't ideal, but if you are asking what you can do for your community right now, please consider donating blood. Go to the redcrossblood.org, uh, follow a few simple steps to find your nearest donation location, and give blood as soon as you can. Thank you for your consideration and helping your community. Now, let's get back to it. How about we have the guests do it? Greg, you want to bring us back? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll bring us back. I'll do it. You just say, and we're back. Fuck you, Tyler. Okay. He's going to say something nice. I know it. And we're back. Fuck you, everybody else, for being so mean to Tyler. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's told us to fuck off yet. Uh, oh, wow. That That's great. Good for you. Chris Chris did. I don't think Chris, Chris did. Kelly I don't was think... just No, he was just being ab like absurdly kind to Tyler. Well, he started the hashtag justice for Tyler. He did. He fucking oh, started the hashtag. support, whatever that is. Oh, Jesus well, Christ. Welcome back to our show. <laughs> Today's topic is ice cream. No, no, go ahead. Someone do this. Shit. Ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? <laughs> Don't de esta, brown people. Um, oh, yeah. But like for real. So uh, I guess like a question that kind of comes from me, and I guess I want to know what your feelings are about it. Why do you think like Middle Eastern representation is one of the like least represented in me like in mainstream media? Like, well, why is that 
yeah. being like almost like uh, put on the back burner to everything else that be- seems so progressive, like getting like more uh, people of Asian descent involved. Oh, and we love people of, like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. And, and, like, and they're, they're still playing stereotype. You know, they still have to be buttoned up and, and pristine. Yeah. It's rare to see anyone going outside of that. But yeah. I mean, to answer your question, we've been villainized in the media mm-hmm. for a very long time. Oh, was there more to your question? I'm so sorry if I interrupted. I apologize. No, I was just basically being like, we're like, have such a big push for diversity and like wanting more people in more roles, or at least it seems that way. Like more people. I was going to say, do you, I mean, it's, we can all we say, say that that's happening. Sorry to, to branch off and I'll come back to your right. question, but like, I mean, everyone is just checking off boxes when it comes to mm. that diversity, the word diversity. I'm so sick mm. of that fucking word. Like it's been, and, and it, and it sucks because I want to use it sometimes. And it's actually the word that I want, but I'm like, Oh, this word's been tainted, you know, because it now means we have a belty black lady in the chorus mm, right. of our Broadway show. She doesn't have a character, but we have her diversity box checked off. We right. have a trans mm. person selling somebody some gum, you know, <laughs> in a bodega out. in our show. Check, you know. So instead yeah. of diversity just being a natural thing, it's become a Disney's onward has a lesbian. Check. And that's progress. And that is progress. It is. Not, you know, I can't pretend that isn't. But yeah, so no, we've been we've been heavily villainized. A certain skin tone has a certain, you know, connotation that can be negative if all you see is terrorists, you know. So the solution again is we need gatekeepers to get in there. And we're seeing such beautiful things happening. I'm really impressed by the off-Broadway world right yeah. now. And I never thought that that would be a thing that I'd be saying like, like so boldly, but like the last couple off Broadway seasons have been so inspiring with shows like Octet with Strange Loop, which just won the Pulitzer. You know what I mean? It was an incredible piece of theater happening there. Cambodian rock band where it seems it's really becoming a place where you can kind of see people stretching their wings and trying things like that, you know, that are, mm-hmm. that are going outside of that. So we need to, you know, we need to, we need to stimulate and help out those, uh, those Middle Eastern writers that are out there. Right. So know, how do we make that transition work. from the people that are doing it off Broadway to Broadway? Like what is more mainstream? Right. Or what do is, we want that? Right. Do we even want that? Right. Do we need it? Right I guess. <laughs> would you consider what the <laughs> band's visit, the band's visit was set in right in the Middle East, Egypt, right? No, Egypt. Uh, no, yeah, they were an Egyptian yeah. band that went that, no, uh, Israel. Mm, Israel, is right? I think right, they, right. they land yeah. in Egypt. I didn't see it. Okay. Isn't that horrible? Right. Yeah. Um, right. Is it? Is it? Is it a necessary thing? Is it? Is it? You know? Do we? Do you? Does that representation need to happen on Broadway? What is the way forward? And you said it it's, it's 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 um these these people like Mindy Kaling stepping forward and and you know champion being the champion of new people, new right. people, new writers, new producers, new gatekeepers, new new voices telling new mm-hmm. stories we don't need that same chosen one story again you right. know or the reboots of everything like there's <laughs> so much more out there man how many spider-mans did we get before we got to miles morales it was like so oh right my God. <laughs> i think the great thing about the miles morales thing is that it's probably the best spider-man it's probably the best oh, version yeah. of spider-man that's come out it was a brilliant movie it was awesome awesome movie and i'm so glad that they're moving forward with another like another with more spider-verse well, it is time for Matthew's wholesome moment. Does anyone have anything to touch on before we go into that? I'm good. Okay. Well, well, fun. <laughs> Rainbows. Cold beer. Fireflies. A hard day's work. Your first kiss. A firm handshake. Fresh flowers. 
gasoline, miracles, monster truck rallies, butterflies, Matthew's awesome moment. Welcome back to uh, Matthew's awesome moment this week. Um, our question is more for our guest than it is for the rest of us. Um, and I was just wondering, uh, what is an instance in which you felt either inspired or impassioned by a piece of Middle Eastern media that you think everyone should see? Oh, that's so easy. Uh, I would say RuPaul's Drag Race two weeks ago. Oh, I Jeff don't Goldblum. know the date. Forgive me. Um, I thought that Jackie Cox uh, doing her uh, her her incredible runway look um, pulled mm. from her Iranian background was an absolutely inspiring thing to see, and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, and that look was designed by um, a wonderful and dear friend of mine named Travis Ostrich. And uh, oh, shit. Travis Travis uh, Travis collab Travis creates these beautiful um, garments. Um, I'm I'm stumbling now because I'm uh, because of the the vapes. But he makes these beautiful beautiful trailing garments, and uh, Travis got to collaborate a white collaborator collaborating with Jackie Cox to create sure. um, this beautiful runway look. So look up Jackie's Iranian runway look, I guess. It's it's really beautiful. Word. Yeah, I think That's everyone excellent. should see that. And it's a, it's a it's a small ask. I'm asking very little. I'm asking for you to like watch a minute and 30 seconds of an incredible runway look. Hell yeah. That's fucking dope. Yeah. yeah, and it's man. intentional work. That's that's the thing is it's not accidental. This is very intentional work that's being done. And that's something that I think we need to see more of too. I, I could bitch about that for days too, that like we talked about, you're checking off your diversity box. That work needs to be intentional. If you're going to introduce a character, bring in a writer that can write that character. You know what I mean? And right. Like compensate yeah. them. Um, that's a so really yeah. good point. Was that oh, the answer man. to your question? I don't even know. That, that absolutely was, yeah. Okay. Totally. <laughs> did cool. I do it? You did it. <laughs> Well, it's like this week, because the topic is so, um, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent like of Middle Eastern race. I wanted something that was like Middle Eastern related, obviously. Um, and I don't think that we have any real life experience or even like, uh, how do I explain this? Um, basically don't want to be a bunch of white people talking about what we think right people should do oh, no, about no. Middle Eastern as, people. and that's correct absolutely but no that's i mean check out what jackie's doing it's beautiful intentional work and it, like i said it's a collaboration with a white designer and i think there's value in that i think we get a little mm -hmm. too caught up sometimes mm -hmm. with stating that everyone needs to be of that background there's beauty in collaboration too and i think that's an important point that we should talk about at some absolutely. point absolutely what's uh what's the, the best role you've ever taken that fits your demographic um i don't even really know what my demographic is the best roles <laughs> i've ever taken were the ones i wrote for myself okay mm. that's awesome that's fair enough yeah every other time i was playing an animal a magical right cat or something you know what i mean or i was playing like a hyper masculine character like like an extreme reverse of who i really am you know the like oh hey i'm the Beast or Gaston or something. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Gaston's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gay. <laughs> that character's gay. Anyway. I'm yeah. so excited to have you come on for this episode because it goes back to something that Matt said earlier, just like how as a society, we think we're doing such a good job with that cursed word diversity in, in, in entertainment, but we're not. We're still leaving people out. We're still, you know, yes, we have more... Um, African-American people and more Asian people and even some more Indian people 
and yeah. you know but we're still leaving out a lot of middle eastern people man like and that makes it feel disingenuous when really that should be what we're like working toward right if you're gonna take in the whole like like melting pot idea as a nation like we need to be including all of these people and becoming one stand that line your differences are your strengths but just because you're different doesn't mean that i'm not gonna like take some of that for myself because like i like that right. don't be afraid of and that's that. why i like bringing people onto our show that are gonna that are gonna educate us yes on things yeah. i want to know i want to learn i want to see things or want to try and see things from your perspective and understand because but it gets tricky that that idea of having to educate people right. you know like there's there's something exhausting about that i'm not exhausted i'm delighted to be here and i'm right. delighted to to look into your eyes and you know but no it's you know the, it always falls to the 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 person who's being underrepresented to then educate the Others, people correct. who are so that's that's and that's a sad part of this is that we we still have to do that right you know and and that's important we need to edge in, in addition to bringing in the new gatekeepers you know we have to educate the old ones too you mm. know about what's yeah. <laughs> what's not working or why this representation is problematic or you know like i'm looking at any movie that has a family in it any mainstream movie that has a family in it i'm thinking of that mary poppins returns which i couldn't get through and the yeah. reason i couldn't get through it was because it opened with this family i think they had two or three kids in that movie and i was like why are they all white like they don't need to be Right, First right. of all, his wife is dead. We don't even need to see her. You can just introduce any people you want to as his kids, you know. And mm -hmm. I don't I honestly think it's about trusting audiences too. I don't think too many people are going to have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Okay. Where it's like, well, where, why does he have brown kids? You know? But like also I, the people <laughs> that would have a problem with it, fuck them. Like they're terrible exactly. people. Exactly. But you know, you have to weigh the money and where it's coming from. <laughs> why are we trying hmm. to keep terrible people happy? Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> it's not even, you know, I mean, that Fist is a form yourself. of terrible, but like yeah. anything that has a family, you don't even have to explain why the people in the family look different. We see families that look different every day, you know, where, the, right. where people absolutely. are of different shades and you kind of wonder, and, you know, you let it go. If your storytelling is on point, you know, and if you're not going, we got Lin-Manuel to play an unrelated character. Check. Check. You know, like, and that's great. Celebrate that inclusion. That's wonderful. But, you know, I, I feel that way. Anytime there's a narrative, especially one that features a child lead or children going on the adventure, because I was that kid sitting there seeing all the blonde pigtailed kids, you know, and being like, huh. I'm not on the journey. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'm the dark oh. wizard, you know? So yeah, that's, that's really powerful. And I think the Miles Morales movie is a really good example dark too. Wizard. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but you know, think of that, that, you know, you want to, you want to put really yourself into the narrative narratives you see. So, right. you know, now that I'm thinking up, about it, I think when we were kids, like the only real, like Brown person on television was that friend of Johnny quests. <laughs> The ah, kid with the turban. And he had a yes. turban on at all times. I can't remember his name. Um, um, I will tell you it in two seconds. But like literally, that's the only one that's coming to mind. Wow. I don't know if there's another one. Haji. That's not as stereotypical as I was thinking. I guess it's okay for 1964 time. And that was then? That was 19... Well, that's the original version, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's old. That's some old. That's some old shit right there. Well, Gregor, I just want to say that I think it is wonderful that with with what the work you're doing that you are one of these gatekeepers and that you are like with with yeah, you're doing a good job man. the playwriting in the music you know you're bringing representation in that way and i think that's awesome and i'm thank you so excited to see are you currently writing something right now 
Always. There's always like five things happening, um, which is great. Yeah. My collaborator and I are working currently on my collaborator, Joel Escher, is an amazing uh, co-writer and uh, incredible uh, composer. Um, wonderful, wonderful guy to work with. We're working on a we're actually developing a podcast idea uh, about two young people living in separate realities who find their way into a shared reality. Um, Ooh, and nice. that's as vague as I can make it, but it's a, it's like a fully like Broadway sounding musical theater podcast. Oh my God. That Dope. has like time Lord type characters. Yes. And Bring like us a, on for five minutes. It's called the joining <laughs> place. You guys should be voice talents. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Absolutely. But that's the derailment, you know, of like this career. Any final thoughts from our guest? <gasps> I have one final thought. Um, no, I don't actually. I'm good. Anything you'd like to plug? No. Great. Yeah. That's your pod. What was it called again? It's going to be coming up? I don't even know. Don't, why? Do, who wants to know? Uh, our, our uh, listeners. No, I don't networking. want people following me or anything. Leave, no, go away. Secret podcast. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when it happens. I'll come back. All right. Well, um, you'll have me back. Yes, oh, yeah. We will. You're fantastic to talk to. Uh, with that, we remind you to wash your hands, stay inside, wear things that cover your face. And if you're going to go in public, don't be a douchebag. Fuck you, Tyler. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancyspod.com and follow along on Instagram at negativenancyspod and Facebook at negativenancyspodcast. If you'd like to send us love letters, you can reach us at hatemail at negativenancyspod.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.